privileged today to have uh, Herb and Kim Burkett with us. In case you're newer to Redeemer, Herb and Kim are from right here in the DeWitt community and are serving God as missionaries in Ukraine. As a congregation, we have shared in their financial support for a while, and some of you may do that individually as well. So we're delighted uh, every few years when they're back in the States to have them here in worship with us and uh, to hear about what God is doing in the place where God has called them to serve. You know, I really believe that God has created and called each of us for a specific purpose in this life, and God can use each of us in the work of building his kingdom here on earth. I like what author Rich Stern says. <clears throat> he says, when we speak of God's calling on our lives, it is a calling away from our own agendas, a leaving behind of our hopes and dreams to embrace God's hopes and dreams for our lives. It is a putting to death of our purposes and priorities and at the same time a coming alive to God's purposes and priorities. You know, God will call each of us to do different things in this life and he challenges us to take a look at what skills and gifts he's given us uh, that, he can, that we can use to further uh, his kingdom. So I'm excited about this morning because I believe that if we will open our hearts and our minds, God will touch us in a very special way today. And so I hope that is your prayer uh, as well. But let's give this day to God in prayer, shall we? Let's pray. Fill us with your joy this day, O God, as your word runs through us, melting our cold hearts and bringing light to the darkest places of our soul. Bring to life our faith today in Jesus Christ, who reveals to us your will and your way. And may the word that has guided your people in the past find a home in us as we seek to understand and to grow in your love. Bless Herb and Kim as they share their ministry and passion with us today. May, they be, may we be moved to action to pray, to give, and to serve those who have yet to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. For it's in his name that we pray. Amen. Good morning. We are so glad to be here with you. And I see some familiar shirts. Um, it was very interesting. Yesterday, when we were, last night actually, when we were just kind of going over a presentation and making sure we kind of knew what we were going to be doing a little bit better, um, we receive a text from our daughter. She's like, Dad, are you watching the game? <laughs> no, we're not watching the game. She's like, you got to look at you. You need to watch. So we're trying to find, you know, YouTube. We're trying to find a way to see the game because we have no idea what's going on. And um, it wasn't until later that um, these two Michigan State University grads were very excited. And we definitely, yeah, we can, we can clap. That's okay. And we definitely used um, restraint because I so wanted, we, we so wanted to get on the computer and send a text to one of our team members in Ukraine, which would have been the middle of the night at that time, and say, oh, Andy, but we didn't. We were very good. Um, we just want to say it is wonderful to be here. And as you guys already know, we are Herb and Kim Burkett, your missionaries to Ukraine. And um, we've been serving there in Ukraine for over 14 years with Send International. And it is such a blessing to be here. Uh, 14, 15 years ago, when we first came to Redeemer, we came with four little munchkins. Well, those little munchkins have now grown up, and we just have one big munchkin with us today, which is a privilege because he's back on um, fall break for the weekend. And so what a blessing, again, to be here this morning. Well, Josh is our oldest son, and uh, he's married to Michelle. 
They've been married for two years. They're living in St. Louis, Missouri. He's a computer programmer and uh, working for a small firm out there. They're also involved with the local church there and involved with uh, small groups and also the youth program. Uh, Michelle is uh, also an MK or missionary kid and she grew up in B Bolivia. So they have an intercultural family, which is fun to, to watch. Uh, Ashley, our daughter, is a junior at Taylor University studying communications and teaching English as a second language. And you may have heard, we were here earlier this summer and just kind of gave a short update, but um, she spent the summer in Mongolia teaching at two different camps, teaching English to young, young kids. Um, but she came home, came back to Michigan, and it was just fun to listen to her. One of the stories she told us is that one day she was sitting down for lunch and had taken her soup and sat down, sat down with about four or five young girls. And typical of Ashley, she sat her soup down, sat down, bowed her head, closed her eyes, and just prayed, thanking God for the food. But when she opened her eyes, there are four or five pairs of eyes looking at her intently. Teacher, teacher, what are you doing? And Ashley explained that she was just praying to Jesus and asking him to bless her food, to thank him for that, thank him for taking care of her and being with her. And the girls broke into Mongolian as they're talking among themselves. And then the same girl turned back to Ashley and said, teacher, teacher, will you teach us to pray? And just an exciting opportunity that she had to be able to share the skills that she's learning right now with um, in, in teaching English, but then to even more so share the love of Christ with, with kids that haven't heard of who Jesus is. Jacob's our youngest son, and he's with us today, like Kim says. If you want to talk to him and hear more about Ukraine, just stop back by the table afterwards. But um, he is now uh, a freshman at Anderson University down in Indiana, and he's studying global business there. And uh, we're just glad to have him again here for the weekend. And I don't know, did you hear that? One son in Missouri, daughter in Indiana, son in Indiana, we come back to Michigan. Um, here we don't have a lot of time that we are able to get together as a family, but in June we were able to celebrate Jacob's graduation. We're just really thankful for that opportunity. What we want to do is share a little bit about Ukraine, uh, give you a little background uh, over the last 14 years that we've been there. Uh, we've seen people from all different walks, all different kinds, that were from real young up to the older people, and uh, just the culture that we have learned there, and also the history that's there. And it's interesting hearing some of the older folks talk about the, the former Soviet days, and uh, how things went, and uh, just how things have changed over the years in Ukraine has been dramatic. And through that change, sometimes people aren't comfortable but in that same time, when they're not comfortable, there's opportunities to share Jesus Christ. We see, you know, you've seen a lot of the, just some of the faces. Well, I do have to say that there are times that we do run into some very interesting characters. Well, I don't know who those characters are, but uh, one of the things that Ukraine is always concerned about is safety. Uh, they are always interested in that. So when you're driving down the road and you see something like a tree sticking out or a board sticking out of the road, you want to avoid it because there's a manhole missing. And uh, so the thing is, is people are saying, well, why are manhole missing? Well, if you take that metal and take it on the open market and sell that metal, it's worth quite a bit. So for Ukrainians. And so that's what happens. Uh, manholes are missed uh, every once in a while. 
this actually is our neighborhood. And so we don't have a very good snow remo removal system, but we do get around. Um, another thing about Ukraine is oftentimes, if the houses, a lot of the people have guard dogs. And um, we have come to find out that the, some of them even have guard geeses. Geese, goose, I don't know how to say it. But um, you, you are very much aware of that when you go out on your morning run. The other thing that we've seen in Ukraine is people know how to work hard. Um, the aspect of labor, of taking the, the cows out to morning milk, out to the pasture in the morning, uh, gathering the hay for the winter time, all, a lot of hand labor uh, that's being done there. Also the aspect of just loading up a, a wagon full of uh, sand, and it's uh, one shovel at a time, loading it and unloading it. Um, so I've actually seen semi-loads of, of cement bricks that is unloaded, one brick at a time. and. Uh, it's just amazing. It's also neat to see when they have watermelons, a full semi full load of watermelons and they're throwing watermelons and guys are catching them and throwing it onto the next guy and uh, just the, the labor's in there. But we also have other things. Uh, this is a load of uh, stones that was dropped off in the front of our house. Uh, and so they do have some uh, modern equipment there also. And it's also our neighbors. Uh, they hire somebody uh, with their horses to come in and work up the garden. And uh, so we see that also happening in Ukraine. So a variety of things that we see in the culture there. And the other thing, if you need to fix your car, it's not a problem. We're actually finding out a little bit. We don't have our car up on the side right now, but. <laughs> well, there's other things that go on there in Ukraine. And uh, we have these things also show up as we're driving down the road and some things in Ukraine we just can't figure out and we probably will never figure out but we know who is in control because God is in control of that. Over the years uh, we have seen uh, things that's came up in, in the media about the, the conflict that's going on in Ukraine but let me just share a little bit about Isaiah here. But now thus says the Lord, he who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. Isaiah continues to write, When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame will not consume you. And verse 5 begins, Fear not, for I am with you. As Herb has already mentioned, in, especially in the last two years, Ukraine has been in the media off and on. Um, two years ago, we had the conflict that began with a revolt in the center of Kyiv. Currently, where you see the red dots, that's where most of the fighting is taking place in Ukraine. Um, and then you'll see the next slide shows actually where we are, where we live. We live about 600 miles from where the, the war front is. There were, it, probably about a year and a half ago when things first began, many of the people were, we had especially family members um, in churches and people, but especially family members were calling us like, are you okay? And um, it was very interesting because the president at that time had put in some new laws, um, not through the logistic, the proper process, I would say, but some new laws were being put into enforcement and which would jeopardize our time in Ukraine if we were to talk about it. And so as a mission, we decided that we were not going to Facebook, email, phone conversations, none of that was gonna go out as far as what we, were, what we were watching or seeing or experiencing there outside of the fact that we are safe 
and just asking people to pray. Not only would that jeopardize our time in Ukraine, but also the people whom we are working with. And so it was a very stressful time um, that had us going back to Isaiah, realizing and understanding that God is the one who is in control. He has redeemed us. He has called us by name. We are his, and we do not need to fear because we are. he is with us. Through the conflict, uh, it was a little touchy right at the first uh, for all of us throughout all of Ukraine. This is a picture of uh, Kiev, which is the capital. This is right downtown. This is where the protest started. This is what kind of sparked the whole thing. And uh, through that, uh, this is where um, 100 people were shot by police officers um, and just because of the protest. And that's what sparked the whole conflict in that aspect. Um, through that, every city then set up uh, barriers. And uh, to get into that city, you had to go through this barrier. Now, this barrier wasn't set up by police. It was set up by individuals. And uh, everybody that came in with a vehicle, you'd have to stop, show your documents, and, and they would inspect your vehicle to see if you're legit of really being there or if you're some intruder coming into their city. And uh, this happened uh, at every city. Kim was in Kiev at the time, and uh, Jacob and I were in Lutsk. And so what happened there, we didn't know if Kim was going to actually make it back, but uh, eventually she did, and she had several barriers and things to, to go through, but uh, she found transportation as Herbert mentioned, it was a very stressful time, not only for us as foreigners, um, but for Ukrainians as well. And one of the neat things that our pastors there in Ukraine, not only at our church, but in the, the local area, one of the things that they came back is, we've heard this statement over and over again from the Ukrainian pulpit. It says, our hope is not found in the president. Our hope is not found in a new government. Our hope is not found in other nations coming to the rescue. But where is our hope found? Our hope is found in Jesus Christ. And that not only challenged us, but it challenged each of the believers that are there as they're watching the news, as they're going out, they're seeing the protests, as they're seeing the government buildings being blockaded. Where do they stand? As they're waiting for other countries to come and rescue, where do they stand? And they needed to take a stand on our hope is in Jesus Christ. So the question you have is, well, how has the church responded? How have we responded uh, to the situation there? And our hope is in Jesus Christ. And um, we're going to share a little bit later about how Herb and I have been a, a part of that. But first and foremost, our church at, in Lutz, at Golgotha Church, or Calvary Church, um, just reaching out. Here you have three men that have been instrumental in doing a lot of different things. But specifically, I want to talk about Slavic. Slavic is the taller gentleman. And God just really laid on his heart to gather people within the churches, several of the different churches in the Lutsk area, and start gathering supplies, meaning gathering food and water, gathering warm clothing, um, because when the crisis set in and the war had begun, when winter was coming, one of the threats and one of the problems was there was no gas, meaning there's no electricity, meaning that there's no heat, and it gets cold in Ukraine. Um, and so they were gathering those things to not only give and take to the, the war front, the east, for soldiers, but also for civilians who either were left behind unintentionally by design, I, I'm not even sure how to say that, but who were behind the, um, who were in the war zone area. The other thing that Slavic was instrumental in doing is if you see the soldier who has a small booklet in his hand, um, again, we're wanting to share hope and bring hope. What is the best way to bring hope is to share God's word. And so Slavic put together a very small booklet that's pretty much waterproof. 
And it contains different um, passages of scripture. For example, the Lord's Prayer, Psalm 23, different prayers that the men who turn their eyes to who God is, um, it contains a gospel message. And he began distributing not, not only Slavic, but people began distributing that. Initially, we made about 1,000 copies. Um, and we were, when we take food and things, supplies in, meaning we, our area, our church, we're connecting with a church that's in the behind the scenes, behind the barriers or the war zone, for then distributing it to people. But there are, and specifically men that are from our area. Well, other churches in Ukraine were getting wind of that, and they wanted to be able to do that as well. So they ended up, with the last time we ended up printing like 17,000 of these booklets to distribute. Mm -hmm. I'll also talk about the other guys. Slavic, what Kim was talking to, is on the left. Um, in the center is Andre. He's our head pastor. And then there's Sergei. He's one of our other pastors. Sergei has volunteered for the Ukrainian army and going as a chaplain there. And uh, he will actually go, well, he's been going uh, with some of the guys from the area of the Luke's area. And um, what he does is he goes there and serves, uh, gives a devotional in the morning. Uh, it can be scripture and a prayer time. And, uh, and But then there's also, with the stress and the strain of being on the front lines, he has opportunities of sharing with the guys. He also is a medic, like I said earlier. But uh, he not only shares with these guys, but it's the people living there, or was living there. They're still living there. Um, you'll see a picture here. This is an apartment complex. Um, it's people aren't living there anymore. If they are living, they're living down in the basement, the only safe place that uh, you can live. So he has opportunities of sharing things with the, the people that are still trying to live there. There's churches that have been bombed out, and um, it's just uh, a disaster zone uh, for you can what the best way of presenting it. Sergey also has the opportunity of uh, peeling potatoes, and uh, that's one of the staples in Ukraine. And uh, you find a pot and some wood and uh, heat those potatoes up and feed the rest of the guys in his group. So, great time. So we see Sergei not only giving the physical, helping with physical food, but also giving that spiritual food to the men that are there. Um, on, a more, on, a, on a basis that's closer to what Herb and I are doing is the fact um, sharing hope to those people who are displaced. There are over 1.4 million internally displaced Ukrainians. Some of the people have um, been able to pack a bag and take some of their possessions and leave the war-torn area. Others, on the other hand, left with the clothes on their back and their documents in hand, and that is it. And so one of the opportunities that we have is to reach out and just minister to these people and share that hope. And we did that with one, this one family. This is Sasha and Galia. Um, they were they're believers and ended up in our church in Lutz. But the interesting thing, I have a question to ask you. How many of you believe that God can take tragic situations and turn it upside down to bring glory to him. Do you believe that? Well, in this family's case, it was just so exciting because, you know, Sasha and, and Galia came to Lutz. Following them was our Galia's parents, um, Vladimir and Ludmila. And um, these, this couple is a couple that you would love to have as your neighbors. Wonderful, wonderful people. Um, just very caring and giving and but the one thing that they did not have is they did not have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Now we find that a lot of times in Ukraine where people say, oh yeah, oh the church, oh yeah, I go, there, I go to that church on Easter 
and on Sunday and, you know, just special occasions. And I'm, I'm good with that. But to actually have a personal relationship. Well, it's interesting, um, Vladimir and Ludmila, as they came and started to interact with people, started to interact with Christians, started to come to church and started to hear the truth of the gospel that God sent his only son to die for each and every one of us, that we would have eternal life. And they understood that it wasn't good enough just to be a good person, but they, tr they truly needed a relationship with Jesus Christ. And as you can see from this picture, these pictures, they accepted Christ as their Savior, have been baptized, and are growing in their relationship with their Savior. And we're excited about that. Not all the stories end that way, though. We had another family that came. Uh, Zoya and her son Yaroslav uh, came uh, to the small group that I was leading, and her, her sister and mother. And it's just very interesting. This was a family that came with just the clothes on their back and their documents. And um, it was last fall. And it's starting to get cold, and they have no winter coats at all. And so there was a church that heard about that and sent finances so that we could go and um, buy coats and gloves and hats and boots and, and get them ready for the winter. But what was interesting about Zoya, I remember, when um, they came to Lutsk, we were able to talk a little bit, and um, she had just moved, uh, just left the Donetsk area. She worked in the postal office. And her apartment was probably a small block from the post office. She left that area because of her son, was concerned about his safety. The day or the week after she left, she had news that the post office was no longer there because it had been hit by one of the bombs or one of the missiles. And um, she just looked at me and she says, Kim, you, d you don't understand. You just don't understand. You've not seen what I have seen. You've not experienced loss. And again, I have to say that no. I, in, in some of the things that she said, I don't understand. I have not seen what she has seen. But I was able to share with her just that loss. And when we lost her son, Andrew, just sharing how God, even in tragic situations, even in difficult situations, he is faithful. And so we continue to, to talk and we continue to share love um, not only with this family, but th this is, these are my girls. These are my girls that I minister to in the small group that I have. And just sharing Christ, the love of Christ, sharing that hope with the people that are displaced. Another thing that we really enjoy doing is working with families, working with parents, and uh, just working as a, with them as a husband and wife. Um, and just also with their Christian growth. And that's really an exciting thing that we can do uh, with the families. Some of the families have never came from a Christian family, and so they don't understand some of the things. And just bringing up some of the biblical principles of what it is to be a godly father, a godly wife, and uh, seeing how to bring up godly children. Uh, this is pictures from our family camp. This is the highlight of, this, of the year, and uh, we put that together of just games just seeing families interact together and having a fun time. Uh, the next picture um, is the team that we worked with on putting this uh, family camp together. And uh, so it's just seeing great how the church has grown over the years and families are added and uh, come to Christ and how they actually share and serve in the church. And uh, this is just a, a real highlight for Kim and I to have this uh, going on in our church that now we're focusing on families. We are able to share hope 
like in small groups like Herb was saying, or just that informal sitting across the table, going out for coffee, going out for chai, which is tea. Um, but we've also had the opportunity over the last few years to share in a more formal situation, whether it's teaching marriage classes or teaching parenting classes. It was interesting because a lot of times as we're teaching the parenting class, you know, they first come in and the people are like, they look at us as like, you know, Herb and Kim, you, you guys have American children. And Ukrainian children are, are not like American children. Well, folks, Ukrainian children are like American children. Both you know, Ukrainian children are little sinners, American children are little sinners because they have big sinners as parents, right? And um, so we just continue to go back to God's word and trying to teach those biblical principles. And it was so funny. One time we had a lady came, you know, she just shook her head. It's like, okay, okay. She went back. The next week she came in. She's like, oh, I can't believe it. Those principles, those God, they work. Imagine God's word can work in our lives in a practical way. Another highlight we saw in the church is uh, the last over the last two or three years is uh, we have a youth group in our church. Um, what it is is we had programs for real young up to about age 12, and then from 18 and above we had programs, but there was a gap in there. And uh, Jacob and Ashley, our daughter and son, were uh, involved with the leadership at that point in time to to help form that uh, youth group and over the last couple years it's grown so fast that they've actually had to split it in half kind of like having a junior and your senior uh, high uh, youth program in the church well anyways we're on the website uh, at, when we're living when we're back here we're getting on the website and uh, we're looking at their advertisements and we saw this advertisement for the youth it's called h2o and uh, we started looking at the picture and it's like wait a minute that's our couch that's our living room so uh, we can see things are being used uh, as we're even here. And uh, we praise God for that. And this is just an advertisement for September 26th that they're having an event uh, for the youth program. This is um, a couple guys. Jacob's in the middle. But I have to say, these are our kind of our adopted Ukrainian sons. Um, David, who's on the, that side, <laughs> whatever side that is. Um, David has been living with us for the last two years. He's actually living um, at the house right now. He's a university student. His younger brother, Bodja, is has started university in a different city. But, um, you know, we bring up that picture just because of the relationships that are built, that continue to be built. And even this week, um, when you, we tie it to the aspect of the house, um, we were receiving a couple of text messages from people and friends in Ukraine. And they says, oh yeah, we were at your house today, but we were looking for you and we couldn't find you. When are you coming home? And so it's exciting um, to hear that the ministries that we began are continuing on. And a lot of times people have asked us, you know, has, is it good to be back? And it is good to be back. But I have to say that when that September, October time of month started, it's just like, okay, Okay, I've seen my kids, and ministry starting up there, and that's where I want to be. And yet, how exciting to see that God continues something that we began, and the Ukrainians are leading that, and we're just really thankful for that. And that's what our hope and prayer are for, is that especially with the youth, is that they are the next generation for the church. And one of the things that we're praying is that maybe out of this, that uh, we will start another church plant in the area. And uh, that's what we're, our long-term goal is that we'd like to see happen. But we'd like to also talk about our future, too. 
I was going to say this next picture kind of leads us into that whole aspect. Have, um, have you ever been in a situation where the fog is so dense that you can only pick out a few things? And this looks pretty dense. This is a picture taken from the 21st story of an apartment building where our team members live, looking out over Kiev. And you can see the sun, that's clear. And you can see some of the high stories, the sky rises, peeking through the clouds or peeking through that fog. But they know that underneath there's a whole hustle and bustle of the city. Um, they also know that even though they can't see, there's someone who can, and that's our God. And which leads us to that aspect of just coming before you all as a body of Christ and asking you to be praying for us. Um, some of the things that you can be praying for, first and foremost, is just safety. Um, we have been on the road for the last three weeks, literally. Uh, we just came back on Thursday after picking Jacob up. We spent three nights in with our son and daughter-in-law. Other than that, we were in a, that three weeks, we were in a different, different bed every night, <laughs> which is tiring. Um, but safety is an issue as well, as you put miles on the road. In fact, we were planning on leaving today and starting to head um, to the East Coast a little bit, but our car is deciding it wants a break, and so we had to cancel that trip. But just praying for safety. The other one you see up there are children. They are doing well, they are doing fine, even though they're all in different states. Um, probably this is more of a pray for us as we go back in June. Um, all of our kids will be here. Yes, we've officially hit that empty nester, um, and that's one thing if they're nearby. It's a whole different, different thing when they're across the ocean. And so you can just pray for Herb and I as we adjust to that um, and continue to adjust to those situations. Well, the other thing is uh, our finances. We're short by about $400 a month. If you just pray and consider that, we would really appreciate that. Also, our future, just what I said earlier, uh, we're not, we know we're going back to Ukraine. We know God wants us to serve there, but in what aspect? There's a lot of different ministry op opportunities there, and uh, we're just seeking God in that direction. And uh, one of the things that we're really hoping and pray for is that our church will bring up a group of people and uh, start a new church in that area. Uh, also, just praying for Ukraine. Uh, Ukrainians, through this whole crisis, that uh, people in the church will be able to step forward and be able to share the love of Jesus Christ, be able to share with people that have uh, gone through the front and, and also people that have been displaced. And uh, there's a lot of opportunities through the conflict that our church can grow and uh, share Christ. So pray for that too. And just to add to that, um, a lot of times you have people who are coming whose heart is really for Ukraine and there are other countries that are involved. And um, so we just continue to encourage people to not only pray for Ukrainians, but also Russians, to pray for other ethnic groups that are there in Ukraine. Um, pray for people that they would come to know Jesus Christ because that truly is where the hope is found. Which then leads us to the next slide, which is a charge or a challenge that we really believe that God has given to us. And I think that he gives to each one of us as believers and even as body of Christ. But Psalm 96 says, tell of his glory among the nations, his wonderful deeds among all the peoples. And it really is a privilege to partner with you, to partner with Redeemer, because not only are you guys bringing his glory to this community, but you are going beyond. You're going beyond the, 
the DeWitt area. You're going beyond Michigan. You're going beyond the United States. You're going to the world, and we thank you for your financial support. We thank you especially for your prayer support, and we thank you, thank you for your faithfulness to our Lord and Savior. What I'll do here is I will close in prayer, but before we do that, um, we do have a table set back here. If you want to sign up for our newsletter, you can do that. Uh, we also have our prayer cards, which is this is part of it. On the back side is also uh, a picture out our, our front window, mm -hmm. so uh, you can take a little bit more of what uh, our neighborhood looks like. Um, yeah, what I'll do is I'll ask you to all stand because in Ukraine, every time we pray, we all, the whole congregation stands. So I'm going to ask everybody to stand. I'll close uh, with prayer, and Pastor Rod will have some announcements here yet. God, thank you so much for today. Thank you for the beautiful sunshine. Thank you for being our Lord and Savior. God, I just pray that as they think of us, that they would also think of Ukrainians that can work in the church, that can share their faith with other people, and that uh, through this, this conflict, that you will be able to be glorified, and people's hearts will be turned towards you. Thank you so much for allowing us to serve there. Thank you for being the light of the Lord, uh, light of the world.